It was a pitcher's duel Monday night as the Angels and A's battled each other in another one-run game. Does the Angels hitting coach Jeremy Reed know what he's doing? And would you give Matt Wise one more year as pitching coach? John and I are going to share all of our thoughts and recap last night's game. You're Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can share the pod with your friends. Just hit that share button and you can rate and review the pod on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. And guess what? You can subscribe and click the bell on YouTube to be notified every time a new episode drops. Hey, we appreciate you joining us for this episode of Locked On Angels, where it's your team every single day. You've got the Frisch Brothers aka the Super Halo Bros in the house with you. My name is John and that is my brother Mike. And my name is Mike and that is my brother John. Of course we are longtime Halo fans who are here through thick and thin and while the rest of the season looks a little thin, I feel like I've made this joke a hundred times, but you know what? It's same story, different day <laughs> I guess, but yes. we did get a big win on Monday night, which was great yeah. to see, especially in Oakland. Uh, an impressive display of, of defense and And while it didn't take much, it certainly took a lot of good pitching and just one solo home run from Luis Renjifo, Luis Renbifo, as I like to call him. (laughs) Mike, this came from uh, LA Angels PR on Twitter. The Angels have 13 shutout wins this season and are the third most in the majors behind the Mets and the Yankees, both with 14. You wouldn't know that by the standings, but hey, look at that. (laughs) Last time we were in Oakland, too, we were 11 games over 500. But the team that we saw last night looked like that team, Johnny. This is one of those games where we won because we won, right? We didn't win because they gave it to us. We won because we won. And Jose Suarez looked fantastic. Seven innings, two hits, eight Ks. Looked up this stat. His last three starts, he's gone five plus innings wow and he's only given up one earned run in those last three starts and did you did you not love that moment where phil nevin came out and they had their conversation i know i guess this is like the thing right this is the trope this is the storyline with phil nevin and with suarez every time he pitches it looks like he's gonna get taken out they have a conversation and then eye of the tiger starts playing (laughs) and he's able to stay in the game and he looks awesome and he looked awesome last night didn't he He really did, and you know, it goes to show that while the Angels have not had any success under Phil Nevin, I think this is one of those situations where if it had been Joe Madden coming out to make a change, or if he would have uh, taken out Suarez after that that walk, then it probably would have been the end of his night, and then you turn it over to an exhausted bullpen, as we've seen with with Joe Madden, and so I... I'm trying to differentiate here the fact that I understand I the Angels still stink. <laughs> They're still not doing very well. However, this is one of those situations where we won this game because Suarez got to finish that inning. And I contend that if we had done that more often in the beginning of the season, we would have had a much different record even in the midst of that 14-game losing streak. Yeah, I agree. And I think that that's what we have to look at as we watch Phil Nevin manage this team versus Joe Madden. And yeah, the Angels have really struggled under Phil. But I think that one thing that we can actually carry into the next season is 
Phil's ability to talk with his pitchers and trust them to go out and get that final batter or two final mm-hmm. batters and not yank them. And you see what happens when that happens. Aaron Loop comes in in the eighth inning mm-hmm. and he has a clean eighth inning. And then Ryan Tapera gets his 14th career save. He comes in and closes it down. Yeah. And, and here's the thing that's frustrating about this season, John. You know what's going to happen at the end of this year? We're going to look at Aaron Loop's numbers and we're going to go, <laughs> well, I know how, did the, how did the how did the bullpen struggle? <laughs> Look at his numbers. He had, he had great numbers, right? But we're all going to remember that late May and all of June and some of July stretch, mm-hmm. right? But I guarantee you, at the end of the year, Loop's numbers are going to look great, and we're all going to go. Can't wait to have him back. And I hope that this is the loop that we get for the rest of the year and yeah. also next season. Yeah, Mark Gubazo made a point that he wasn't throwing his cutter as much, and that that was a big pitch for him that he was struggling while he was uh, or that he was using a lot while he was struggling and so he's gotten away from that looked like he threw more sinkers and of course the slider that big hooking left slider that he has and uh, I have to give it up for Luis Renjifo being our best yeah. hitter right yep. now and and the work paid off because we saw him bulking up in the offseason he got his opportunity I think he's here to stay I don't know that for me quite yet he is a starter in terms of next year unless they don't get a short stop or they don't do what they need to do, but they really should. But if he and Fletcher are guys that are coming off the bench and rotating in and out of the middle infield somehow, I really do hope we get a permanent shortstop, obviously. But Luis Ranjifo is the definition of good depth behind your infield because he can play up the middle and to the left of the infield. And that's exactly the kind of guy you need when you need to get Rendon out of the lineup for a day to get off of his feet. And that's the other thing, Mike. We did this without Shohei Otani. How about that? That's quite a feat in and of itself. They finally gave the poor guy a day off. It was a scheduled day off. He hadn't taken one since late June. Can you believe that? And so it was great to see the team pick it up, even without his bat in the lineup, and give that man his well-deserved day off. And he will be pitching, of course, tonight against uh, James Caprillion, who I said oh, has gosh. A, a Caprillion good innings against us. And uh, I hope <laughs> yeah. that doesn't happen again. But, uh, yeah. Mike, you had some feelings and thoughts about Joe Adele in this game. Why don't you hit me with those? Yeah, you talked about Ren Bifo, and he's actually looking really great. And you and I are huge fans of Joe Adele, and I want to see him be successful. But there was something that happened in that game last night that is the epitome of why Joe hasn't reached that Mm. success level Mm -hmm. yet. And it was when he popped up in, I think it was the third or fourth inning, and Renjifo was at first base. He popped it up in the infield, and the second baseman let it drop. Mm -hmm. And then he threw to second base and got Renjifo out, and then Joe Adele took Renjifo's spot at first. But Adele was walking to the dugout when all of that happened. Adele was not paying attention. And... This is that moment where I just want to grab his face and I want to say, <laughs> look at me, buddy, eyeball to eyeball. Like Give him a dad teams, talk. <laughs> yes. Teams have figured you out. Joe, teams have figured you out. Hmm. They have figured out that you are talented, that you are good, but you are not focused. Hmm. And because you're not focused, teams are going to 
always go after you. They're going to drop balls on purpose to exchange this base runner for you. They're going to try to hit the ball to you. They're going to try to throw pitches to you that maybe are confusing to you. Right. Joe Adele's greatest weakness is not his athletic ability. It's here. It's, it's in the mind. Yeah. He has to stay focused. And if a focused Joe Adele is what we get for the rest of the year, Joe Adele is starting in left field or in the outfield at some point mm-hmm. in, in, in 2023. And the reason why the Angels traded Brandon Marsh and not Joe Adele is because Brandon Marsh hustles Mm. and he stays focused Mm -hmm. and both of those guys you could say they both hustle but for some reason Joe has moments where he just has lapses where he's not paying attention just like a couple of games ago where he was running to second base he thought the ball according to him he thought the ball was hit and that's why he didn't slide into second base Mm. Nevin said he didn't he didn't know how many outs there were, yeah, and then Joe clarified yeah. that. Yeah. But it, it, it just helps put an exclamation point to my point that he <laughs> doesn't pay attention. Yeah. He's not staying focused. Joe, we need you to stay focused because we need you to become the player that everybody said that you could become. Rant? over. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it makes a lot more sense when Perry said that they were just looking for some things in AAA, like when yep. he got the questions, why is Joe Adele in AAA? This must be what he's talking about. It's the sure. awareness, the situational awareness to be cognizant of what's going on around you and to pay attention and yeah. stay in the game. So I think what you said was well said, and I hope that we can get Joe Adele to shake this out for the remainder of the season. We've got a lot more great content coming up for you on Locked On Angels, including should Matt Wise get another year as pitching coach? John and I will give you our thoughts, but first, Locked On Angels is brought to you by our friends, our lovely friends, our wonderful friends at Built Bar, because they send us all of the Built Bars that we want, and That's you right. should get a Built Bar too. Recently, they sent us the Cookie Dough Chunk Puff, and this is delicious. It's got this chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks. I was shocked when I bit into it. It was actually really Really, really good. And it was covered in 100% chocolate. It's all the joys of eating cookie dough, John, without the hassle of making it. And you and I are not bakers. Well, I, I'm not a baker. Are you a baker? Nah, You're not I'm, a more baker. Of a, I'm more of a cook rather than a baker. You're more of a cook <laughs> than a baker. I don't do any of it. I just, I make toast. And so <laughs> having butter. a cookie dough chunk puff is something that I love to stop and eat throughout the day. They're only 160 calories and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein. So it will fill you up. And they're filled with collagen protein, which helps your body to absorb all of that more efficiently and it has a ton of health benefits. You got to go to built.com right now, grab yourself a box of built bars or built puffs, or maybe this cookie dough chunk puff. You're going to love it. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. It's good for a snack after a workout or a late night treat, or maybe if you just want to grab a quick bite, it's a perfect protein bar. Whether you get the bar or the puff, they taste better than any candy bar you can grab. So ditch the calories, the fat, the sugar, grab yourself a Built Bar, and we want to help you do that. If you go to Built.com right now, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you get 15% off your order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15, get 15% off your order. Go to Built.com today. We want to thank you for making Locked On Angels your first listen every single day where it's your team every day and it's our team as well. And we had a great 
comment yesterday during our uh, Monday mailbag mic from Manny from Whittier. He left us a voicemail about the Brandon Marsh dilemma, which yes. is the fact that he went over to the Phillies. They said that they could figure out what was wrong with the swing. And as soon as he got there, he went up to the hitting coach, Kevin Long, and said, hey, what do I do? What's wrong with my swing? And then he told them that there's a lot of unnecessary movement in his swing. And the broadcasters actually, for the Phillies actually brought that up yeah. uh, during the game. And at that point, since then, the discussion has been, you know, why couldn't we figure that out with yeah. Brandon Marsh? He hasn't had any swings and misses since that point, since he had that that's check unreal, in with the coach. Right? And that's we unreal. know how much he swung and missed and struck out and things like that. Yeah. And yeah. so it got us asking the question as Angel fans, is this a coaching philosophy of Jeremy Reed and in the way that he develops players or helps them identify what's going on? Or is he just lost as a coach? Is it his direction that he gave to Brandon Marsh what caused his failure in, mm. in Anaheim? Or is it Jeremy Reed the the problem? Is it philosophy yeah. or if, is he just not a good coach anymore? <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I, I think that we have to give Jeremy Reed a couple of high fives because he has really helped some of these hitters like a Jared Walsh. I know Walsh has struggled this year, but Walsh would not be who he is without Jeremy Reed hmm. working with him. He actually helped Shohei Otani adjust his batting stance and Shohei had this leg kick and then he moved it to more of a an easy like movement in his right foot and he mm -hmm. won the MVP mm -hmm. last year and he still looks like a pretty solid hitter this year as well was a better hitter last year better pitcher this year and there mm -hmm. are other examples like Luis Renjifo he's actually somebody that has really improved and mm -hmm. uh, maybe we can give Jeremy Reed that credit and so I think that maybe this is more of a coaching philosophy and maybe sometimes when you're working with one player you're not sure how to work with another player mm -hmm. and maybe Reed actually has like tips of the trade here's five things that you can do that doesn't always work yeah. for every batter right because each person is unique and I think that the benefit that he has that maybe he hasn't taken advantage of is actually getting to know these hitters in a way that works for them instead of giving them the playbook right here's the playbook go and figure it out I'm going to yeah. help you out a little bit I think he actually needs to spend some time or at least the results tell us that there is some time that needs to be spent with each of these batters because they're struggling they're scuffling right <laughs> especially especially Jared Walsh his July was awful he hit I think around a buck 60 and yeah. in August he really hasn't hit well and he started the season pretty well in mm -hmm. April May and June he was not bad and he wasn't what he was last year but his batting average was in the 260s mm -hmm. and he was hitting home runs but for the last month and a half something has shifted for him and it's frustrating that Jeremy Reed can't help him figure it out yeah. and help him to get out of his own way. And I wonder if that's because of his coaching philosophy. I'm going to give you these three things. And if you do these three things, it should work for you. And then if it doesn't work for you, I wonder if Reed feels kind of in over his head or maybe he's the lid for these players and then when when players get traded away Dave Dombrowski and the hitting coach Kevin Long for the the Phillies they go oh we know exactly what's wrong with him it's it's this he's got too much movement and he's starting too soon and he's got a wobbly head right and all of those things <laughs> which for you and I it makes sense like how come we can't notice those things in Anaheim and that's why I think it's more of a coaching philosophy than it is actually him being lost as a coach what do you think 
I think he's lost as a coach, honestly, okay. and I don't think he has a future here in Anaheim. I think, again, we, we keep bringing this up, and we'll probably bring it up in the Matt Wise conversation. Perry Manassian needs his guys in there, and he needs the guys that are going to fit the philosophy of the organization. It's going to be in Perry Manassian's image, so to speak. But I think you make some good points in the sense that he, he has helped this team out a lot. He's helped Luis Renjifo a lot. He's helped Shohei, you know, simplify the swing and, and make him a better hitter that helped him get an MVP season. But what happened to the offense this season? Why did it completely fall off a cliff? When you're talking about Angels pitching being better than Angels hitting, then yeah. <laughs> what planet are you from? Because I can't remember the last time that was a conversation. What Pro- multiverse are we in? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I remember the 2012 Angels really struggling and scuffling offensively, and it was also Albert Pujols didn't hit a home run for a long time after his debut. Yeah. And the pitching was actually really decent. We had Jared Weaver. There's a reference. You had C.J. Wilson, Dan Heron, Irvin Santana, those guys. And, and so the pitching was very strong, but there was no offense. And I can't quite remember the last time that that was the case other than 2012. And that's what's happened again this year, 10 years later. Yeah. And it makes me frustrated as a fan to watch Jared Walsh struggle at the plate, to watch him not be the Jared Walsh that we know he can be. How has there not been a solution for him in the last month and a half? The guy just hit a cycle in June. It wasn't that yeah. long ago. Right. And I can't quite understand what the where the problems lie with Jared Walsh and why Jeremy Reed can't seem to find a solution for him. So I, I, I will give you the fact that, yes, I think in the past he has helped hitters improve, but at the same time, I can't quite understand why they can't identify what's wrong with Brandon Marsh's swing or what's wrong with Jared Walsh and his timing and his swing. And I go back to the Buddy Carlisle thing. We've brought that up a hundred times, and I know that's on the pitching side, but it just takes a fresh set of eyes to look at some of these people, these players, and go, oh, here's what you're doing wrong. You you used to do this. Get back to doing this. And I and it it's as simple as that kind of conversation of, hey Jared, let's look at your let's look at your uh, walk off against the White Sox and see what yes. you did well last season. Like, are they not reviewing that kind of stuff? Because that seems to be the most effective way to get somebody right. And we honestly have no idea. And and Jeremy Reed did not speak up very much if at all, during the losing streak and the offensive slump, it just boggles my mind that offensively we're not firing on all cylinders right now. I understand we don't have Rendon, we don't have Trout, but even even those guys in their struggles. We know Rendon was hurt, we know Trout's been hurt, and it just goes to show that if you can't identify what's going on with your own players and, and find a solution for that, especially when they were good, then I think that's on the coaching. I think that's on Jeremy Reed. I don't think he has a future here in Anaheim. And I think Perry Manassian will find the coaches that he wants to put in place for 2023. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information, including live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. 
they have you covered. So head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online is where the game starts. Well, we're going to continue our conversation about the coaching staff. And as we do that, we're going to talk about Matt Wise. Of course, Matt Wise has received a lot of criticism this season because of some of the failures, uh, particularly the the bullpen. I think that yeah. that's where most of the issues have been, especially when Aaron Loop was struggling, Ryan Tapera was struggling for a bit there, and doesn't really seem like there had been much in the way of solutions and fixes. Now, I will say, after a game like yesterday's game, it is great to see Aaron Loop and Tapera kind of be back to the guys that they are being. And I think you're right. We are going to look back at the end of the season and go, well, how come they weren't that bad? But (laughs) it's (laughs) those bad stretches (laughs) that are going to get you. But we have to remember this. Matt Wise was the bullpen coach when Mickey Calloway was our pitching coach. Unfortunately, Mickey Calloway made some dumb decisions and got himself out of a job here in Anaheim. And then Wise had to take over for him, and he was the interim, and then they just went ahead and gave him the role last season, and then they kept him on for this season. And you and I were not too bummed about that because we know Wise has a history with some of the starters like Suarez and Berea and Detmers. And to his credit, I think if you look at how like Jose Suarez is doing, he's doing a phenomenal job. He struggled early on this season. He went down to AAA for a couple of times, and he's been back and forth. We see Jaime Berea coming out of the bullpen, and he's been strong. Shohei is having the best season of his life. I think that has more to do with Shohei's own coaches and team and <laughs> things like that. Agreed. But when it comes to Matt Wise... We have to face the facts that the starting staff looks much better this year over last year. The bullpen looked great to start off the season. We know that they had their struggles. And then, of course, the offense, if they had performed the way that they should, again, that goes back to Jeremy Reed, I think the pitching staff would look even better. So what do you think, Mike? Does does Wise get more time with the Halos, or is this another Jeremy Reed situation where Perry will put his guy into the coaching staff. What do you think? I think I think Perry's got to put his guy in there. I think Matt Wise has not done a terrible job this year. We've mentioned the Reed Detmers, Buddy Carlisle situation where Reed got better in minor leagues, came back up, right? Mm-hmm. How come Matt Wise can't help him figure that out? Right. Well, we don't know the details there, but we do know that Matt Wise didn't help him figure that out. He had to go to AAA. Yeah to get that figured out. Kind of the same with Suarez, too. Suarez spent a lot of time in AAA. And so I think that it's time to move on. I think they got to get a whole new coaching staff, a whole new manager. I think you got a clean house, especially after this season. Yes, he has, it seems, with the starting staff, he has really helped them to develop. And even after Joe Madden left, I think that maybe him and Phil Nevin have had conversations to leave guys in the game. Mm -hmm. Because I think Matt Wise, being a former pitcher he wasn't a successful pitcher but being a former pitcher knows how important it is to go and get that last batter and how it builds your confidence and so I think that 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 is what we need next year we need I think we need a former player but I Mm. think we need a former player that can identify some things like we've talked about that Gooby and Langston have identified in the booth that it doesn't seem like Wise is having those conversations with his his pitchers or he's not communicating that to his catchers who should communicate that to his pitchers. Oh, yeah, and, that's and, huge. 
And that's the stuff that I think is really, really frustrating for me and for Angel fans. And so because it's been such a terrible year, I think it's time to just clean house. No matter what happens for the rest of these games, and if we have seven innings plus with one earned run and we look fantastic, that's going to be something we can celebrate and it'll be us building on the future. But I think that it's time that Matt Wise is let go. Yeah, I don't think that any of the success that these pitchers have had is to Matt Wise's credit. Like I look at Jose Suarez and I I see him doing some different things out there. I see him making use of that slider and that changeup was was filthy on Monday night. And again, I, I have to suspect that the time he spent in AAA was kind of part of that solution. And we have this conversation in our, in our mailbag. Do you bring up somebody like Buddy Carlisle, or is he somebody that you want to be in the minors to help the development of the young players in our system? Or do you need somebody who can make these changes and say, hey, here's what you're doing wrong, or here's what you should do better? That's the kind of coach that you probably want at the major league level because these guys are ready to go. They're major league talent, and they just need a little bit of guidance. And so I think that the the credit is due to the players themselves and not so much Matt Wise. Because, again, we think about Rysel Iglesias, who seems to have his velocity back and seems to be doing just fine in Atlanta. And it's kind of a Brandon Marsh situation, but on the pitching side. And and it's like, why couldn't we figure out what was wrong with Rysel Iglesias when he was struggling the last few months? So. It really is like a perfect storm of just all these things going wrong, and you got to have somebody to blame. And for Matt Wise, I think that he's going to be the odd man out. I think Jeremy Reed is going to be the odd man out too. And and I really think that Perry Manassian, in his starting his third year of being the GM of this team, he's got to be the one to bring in the right voices, the right coaches, the right fixes, and help this team succeed in 2023. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Now make your second listen to Locked On MLB Podcast with our friend, Paul Francis Sullivan. We call him Soli. You can too. He brings humor and passion and a unique perspective on every team and shares some of the biggest stories from around the league. And lately, he's actually been doing shows from baseball stadiums that he's attending. And so that's a whole lot of fun. His one of his best episodes was when he was in San Francisco at the Giants Stadium. Loved that episode. So follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked on MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, you can give us a follow at Locked On Angels on Twitter to keep up with the shows and the latest angel news. And of course, you can follow Mike and I at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. We're always doing a lot of interacting over there. We appreciate talking with you guys and talking some baseball. If you have any thoughts about today's episode, please share those with us. In the meantime, Mike, what do we have on deck for tomorrow's episode? We're going to ask this question, why was Brandon Marsh traded? Well, we think he was traded because of who we wanted to get back, Logan Ohapi. We think that this was actually the best trade the Angels made. We're going to share the stats and all the details with you tomorrow on Locked On Angels. Looking forward to that conversation. In the meantime, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. And we'll see you right back here tomorrow for more Locked On Angels. Thank you for joining us.